We're going to get so drunk tonight, we're going to just bust open that barbecue sauce and just start <laughs> drinking that. Shots, 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 shots. Uh, I think by that point, I'll probably be pouring barbecue sauce in my Glencairn and <laughs> being really sophisticated, doing the, the sniff, three three sips and a Kentucky, Kentucky chew. Alex doesn't know what the hell he's missing out on. Welcome back to Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. I'm your host, Kevin. Uh, and tonight, joined here by a special guest, Scotch Guy. Hello. Uh, Scotch Guy, you're taking the seat of Alex tonight, who is, air quote, tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he just wants to miss out on all the fantastic things we have tonight to try. Yeah, maybe he's uh, he's battling his FOMO. What's his FOMO of? Fear of missing out on from, what? What's he? What's he? I, maybe he's just like I'm not going to be afraid of missing out. I'm going to stay here and know that I'm not missing out. But it's because he was up till twelve thirty last night making donuts. Well, you are indeed missing out because we have so much here to drink, and I, I, I have, I, I kind of wish you were here to help with some of this beer. Honestly, yeah, we have two large bottles of beer in front of us, plus a smaller bottle. Man, it's gonna be a long night, but it's gonna be a delicious <laughs> night, my friend. It's gonna, this podcast is gonna be like three hours long. Let's let's shoot for an hour. Let's shoot for an hour, but so tonight we are answering the question: What is barrel aged beer? Like, what makes barrel aged beer? Why is it the? Would you say the hip, up and coming thing that everyone's looking at? Yeah, I would. I would say it's definitely. Um, it's really big in the. Uh, in the craft brewery scene mm-hmm. right now, um, everyone's looking for. There's how many craft breweries oh out there, and craft distilleries are close behind. Uh, I don't think it's not as easy to do a craft distillery because you know you can't buy time. Yeah, but craft breweries are popping up left and right, and everyone's trying to figure out how to make their beer taste different and um, release special stuff that people can only get once every couple years. And so, barrel aging definitely lends itself to. Uh, being able to do that for the customer. So it's a great have, idea. It's awesome. And when you have a barrel-aged beer, it takes three to six months rather than, you know, years when you're doing barrel-aged for whiskeys and things like that. So yeah. I think that really is why these craft breweries really want to try this out. It adds a difference to them. Oh, yeah. It definitely makes their uh, – a lot of them will take – I've seen this a lot. They'll, they'll take a flagship beer that they already have that mm-hmm. they know is popular, and then after it's had a – a year or a few years to to get some recognition and uh, have a customer base for that yeah. specific beer. Then they'll put it in in barrels and release like a special. Uh, yeah. We actually have one of those here tonight that we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, we'll try that in a few minutes. So I think tonight's going to be it's going to be a fun show mm-hmm. um, of just trying these different things. I'm not a big fan of barrel aged. Um, there's one that I really like, and we're going to try that one tonight. But the other two. One I've never had, and the other one I'm not a big fan of. So let's kind of jump in. How about? Sounds good. So the first one we opened up tonight is the Founders Backwood Bastard, um, which is out of Michigan. It's Mm -hmm. one of their, I would say, probably their second most famous, maybe third most famous barrel age. They've got the Kentucky Breakfast Stout and the Canadian Breakfast Stout. Those are the big ones that Founders is known for. Um, The Canadian is really hard to find, too. Yeah. Uh, except Alex had a bottle of it. Yeah, he was given a bottle of it for opening his neighbor's, like checking out his neighbor's dog or something like that. And <laughs> did he share it with us? Uh, I had some. I hate you guys. <laughs> I went over there the next morning, partially just because I knew he had it, and I was like, oh, I heard you got... I was hoping he would left? be nice and share some with me, and he didn't. I'll be honest, it was it was a lot. There was a lot going on there. Yeah. it was It was almost too much. I don't think he would have liked it very much. But, I mean, that's the one that people wait in line for, that they put limits on you can get in. The Canadian Breakfast Stout's another one of those ones they put line, yeah. you know, limits on how much you can get. Yeah. Um, but we're trying the Backwoods Bastard. Um, overall, there's just something about this that I'm not a big fan of for this 
beer in particular. It, it, sm- it smells like malt liquor. Yeah. Um, and uh, last summer when me and my family were up in Michigan, we uh, we went to Founders and we went to New Holland uh, Brewery slash Distillery. And um, I did flights at both. And Founders was, first of all, like, those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, they know what they're doing with their beer. They know what they're doing with their product. Everything... Everything from top to bottom. I don't have a bad thing to say. The food was really good, uh, and they have a really cool um, their their shop up there is kind of or their restaurants a lot like uh, kind of like Urban Chestnuts Beer Hall. It's really cool, okay. and they've got a nice big outdoor patio. So they do a good job of pairing their food with their beers and all that kind of stuff. I thought so. Yeah, their flights were really reasonable too. Like um, we got, I feel like it was almost like a five or six ounce pour on my wow. flight. Like it was. It was a lot. I expected it to be less, especially because it's a, a bigger thing. But this is the uh, this is the barrel aged version of Dirty Bastard. Okay. Um. So like I was talking yeah. about before, they take a beer that's well known, well liked, and they uh, they stick it in a barrel. And uh, boy, this is this stuff is. And that I think the thing that I don't like about this, and it's the only thing I don't like, is I don't like the Scotch taste of it, that malt taste of it. I like the barrel agedness on it. Like I like the, it's got a, you can tell it's been sat and it's sat with time and it's got some kind of different finish on it. But there's just something about the, that first taste that you get. It's very scotchy and just, I don't find that enjoyable, but I know people that really enjoy that. Um, Jake, who listens to our podcast up in Michigan with Blake, I know this is one of his favorites up there. And I don't know, maybe if it's just an acquired taste, like something I just got to keep drinking again and again to get to enjoy. But I just, I'm not a big fan of the Scotch ales. Yeah, I, it definitely, uh, I, I'm getting heavy sense of uh, butterscotch from it. It mm-hmm. tastes uh, very, almost like a nitro. Not quite, but super, super smooth in that regard. Um, I, I don't know, I... I'd say I like the finish a whole lot more than the foretaste. Yeah, I agree with you. And the scent. The, I, it smells awful to me. And that's funny to hear you say because you like scotches so much. I mean, you're a scotch guy. I, I love scotch. And I, I don't. I guess I don't think about scotch when I, when I think of uh, barrel-aged beers. Um, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't remind me of scotch at all. But I guess that maltiness, maybe. Oh, oh man, I don't know. This stuff is... It's also just thick. It's yes. like it's like molasses. I think we could say that probably for a lot of the barrel aged beers. We're gonna find out tonight as we kind of go through these. Um, we've got two imperial stouts. They're very dark, thick beers. You mm-hmm. know, very that Russian style of beer. Um, yeah. Something that's gonna warm you up on a uh, cold winter night, which is kind of stupid because we're doing this like Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> so um, it's like ninety five degrees. Yeah, outside. we we didn't pick the right time for this, but we needed to try these. Um, so this is an 11% beer, um, and I think we should kind of talk about as we're drinking this is, you know, barrel-aged beers, or they've been, they're freshly put into a barrel. Like, I mean, it's uh, it's beers that have been brewed. I'm going to get tongue-tied on all these bees tonight. <laughs> Beer that has been brewed, and it's put freshly into a barrel that's been emptied, and it can be all kinds of barrels. We've read... Um, we're doing some research on this, and we read that wine barrels, rum barrels, whiskey barrels, tequila barrels, brandy barrels. And then this was kind of a shock to me. Gin and vodka, they've put yeah. those in barrels. But I don't understand putting vodka and gin because those are clear liquids. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there, there's uh, – you can put anything in a barrel. Right. So I can't imagine gin tasting good out of a barrel. I don't know. But – I don't, I don't know. They also didn't always have metal stills that they yeah. made gin out of. And gin was something you kind of made in your house. So uh, maybe. Um, I do I also, know. I think that only thing I can imagine a beer and gin pairing going with is maybe a sour beer with like a, maybe a lavender-heavy gin. I could see that being something interesting to experiment with. But Yeah, because I know gins are more like a botanist, floral type of drink yes. and all that kind of stuff. So Very herbal. I could see that kind of going well with a lighter beer or something like that, you know, like you like you said, a sour, maybe like a saison. Um, yeah, I could something. I could see that something like that. Um, 
I know those whiskey barrels, those, those are a hot commodity right now. I know mm-hmm. uh, we went down to West Six Brewery in Lexington, Kentucky a few years ago, and they were like fighting for Buffalo Trace barrels. I know really? that when you do a barrel pick at Buffalo Trace, you can either keep your barrel or you can send it down to Mexico and they will make tequila out of that barrel. Whoa. Um, there's, I know, a brewery here. We're actually going to try some of their beer. They use Four Roses barrels. Um, hmm. I mean, can't be the market for those barrels afterwards, I mean, because they're, they're liquid gold. Um, and they're not really, they're really not selling those barrels for that much. It depends on, though, what's in it. I just true. was listening to another podcast where they tried um, Rip Van Winkle barrel tequila oh gosh and i can only imagine what those barrels are going for oh my gosh that would just i can't imagine something that would get you shittier oh my goodness <laughs> I mean, tequila messes me up right away but I, i'm i think i'm allergic to it man i holy cow i can't do tequila man especially aged in a rip van winkle barrel holy shit i've seen some wines in that done in bourbon barrels too but they wow. put the wines in it so this whole idea of barreling reusing the barrel i think is is crazy cool because i mean as we were doing our research it had such a new element of flavor yeah i mean hearing the founders guys talk about you know like it adds flavors that we could never get added before and all they're doing is just pouring into a barrel that's been used for something else i mean yeah it's crazy to think about we read a i read an article and it uh the guy that they were interviewing said he he views he said barrels are just another ingredient, which I think is a great way to put it because yeah. it's it really is another it's just another tool in the the brewmaster or the the still master's uh what are they called the arsenal. Yeah, it's just another tool in your toolbox to yeah. make something make a product that stands out and make something that tastes good and people like. And I mean really the I think the the craze kind of stands on its own. It's really good. I I don't like this though. <laughs> you don't like I, this? No, I don't like this. And I feel bad because like this is supposedly like one of their better ones. And I think maybe the KBS. Maybe we need to get a bottle of that. And I've been looking for a bottle. I saw one here in St. Louis, and I just didn't pull the trigger on it at the time. But I would love to try that compared to this Backwoods Bastard. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe it's just me not liking Scotch ales or things like that because. I wasn't a big fan of the Dirty Bastard when I had that. It's it's very specific, and I know, I don't know, people that, uh, like, I, the, my friends that really like Dirty Bastard, they they like uh, really dark cigars, and they smoke a lot of cigars. They like, uh, they really like um, higher-proof whiskey. Mm-hmm. They like uh, scotch, higher-proof scotches specifically. Um and uh, I don't know if there's something there, but they it, that's kind of a common denominator. So I, maybe it's just uh, like a darkness of flavor if that if that communicates. I don't know. It's less sweet. I yeah. will say this isn't very sweet. No. I wonder if this would be really good, like if you did like a really salty roast or a really salty pork loin or something that you smoke for a while, but you like really got a good crust on something very salty to where it pairs with this like it would balance it kind of out i don't know with this specific one i could i could see it being very difficult to pair anything with it because i'm getting so much flavor out of it Mm -hmm. like i i love stouts um i would say as far as beer go i'm i am a very i i drink a lot of stouts i that's like my my beer that i like to critique is stouts and i'll drink anything else and I I found that um, if I order a, a really cool stout with meal with a meal, um, I love it right off the bat. And then after, as soon as I eat anything, it just totally like it changes it more than most beers. It um, and it I don't know. It just doesn't taste as good. I, I don't yeah. like it. And I'm like, ugh, this is. I'm getting because a lot of stouts are super super bitter. Mm-hmm. They've got a really high IBU, and so it doesn't. I think the food kind of that out of your palate unless you're eating bitter food i think stouts are just hard to pair with any food i mean i feel like you can get away with like the fish and chips and things like that you know they're yeah. like original kind of pub food but even but, that like guinness isn't isn't very bitter it's yeah. very guinness is pretty refreshing even though it's dark mm-hmm. and super heavy and smooth it's, it's not it doesn't have a high ibu yeah so but this this is, well, I wonder if it has the IBU on this. Um, I it's think like written in cursive. I know the back of it is terrible to read. What on earth? 
the IBU on this is 50. We just found out um, you were able to decipher it from the Illuminati cursive on the back of it. Um, <laughs> the Egyptian hieroglyphics that some some poor person forgot to print, so they had to go write it. Oh, my goodness. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of this, and I'm disappointed um, that I'm not a big fan because I, I really hoped I would like it a lot more. Yeah. But even as my second trying of it, it's just still... I'll I'll pour it out. Uh, it's, well, probably it's probably blasphemy for us to pour it out, but yeah, I I don't know though. Th- those guys they're they're making this be- for a very specific person. Yeah, like they're making this for people that like like they own they love their imperial stouts. They love their um, uh, honestly malt liquor is this tastes like malt liquor. They yeah. actually founders has a malt liquor that you can. Um, I got it on the flight and I tried it immediately after this. And it's completely different in color, but it tastes very, very similar. Okay. Um, and I, I don't like malt liquor, like your Colt 45, that, that type of stuff. All right. So we're moving on to our next one, our next barrel-aged beer. This is the Boulevard Brewing Company Manhattan Cast Still Ale. That is a mouthful. <laughs> um, yeah, this is. is an imperial stout that is done in Jefferson, the Manhattan barrel-finished cocktail barrels. That's crazy. That's another crazy tongue tie full of... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Lots of words. So, from doing some research on this, this is a beer that's out of Kansas City. Um, It's part of their limited releases. Uh, they have worked with Jefferson's um, when they made their Manhattan bourbon, which they took a Jefferson's Reserve, then put it in, back in the barrel with half or equal parts dry vermouth and sweet vermouth, and then cherries, and then left it in the barrel for four months. And then they made their Manhattan bourbon that they released um, probably, I guess, what? 2006, 2007, somewhere around there. Um, And then Boulevard got those barrels and put their Imperial Stout in it, and which is why we have this today. Boulevard's a really cool... They've got another really cool place up there. I went up. I stopped by and uh, had a few brews when I was up there for uh, a Fleet Foxes concert, and they were... Those guys are cool. So... When we started pouring this, it, this looks like a wine. Like, it is dark, but it's not red. Um, it doesn't look as uh, it doesn't look as thick in texture as the, as the Backwoods Bastard. Yeah. Um, it looks thinner. It says here it's slightly carbonated, minimally carbonated, to offer a unique sensory experience. Which, when I look at it, I thought it was flat when we first poured it out until we read that. Yeah. Um, what's the ABV on this? Does it say uh, this is thirteen percent alcohol by volume, and then uh, it's twenty eight IBU. So this should be significantly less bitter than the Backwoods Bastard, yeah. which was sitting at fifty IBU. Good lord, nothing that's an not an IPA should be that high, huh? So first sip. Well, first of all, the nose of it, it smells like bourbon. Like, it's got a bourbony smell to it, um, and it's got a very coffee smell to it. I didn't get much off the nose, honestly. I think it's... I was smelling the Backwoods Bastard. These all... All these bourbon barrel... uh, See? (laughs) Tongue-tied. All these bourbon barrel-aged stouts, specifically, have a very specific smell. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's the oak. I don't know if it's the bourbon, a combination. That char. If it's the age, if it's... If it's just the age that they're smelling, um, or that I'm that I'm getting from it, but they all, uh, I have, I get a, yeah, maybe it's the char. Yeah, that could be it. Um, I don't know it. I don't particularly like the way that they smell. Yeah, I mean this one, this one's got definitely a coffee taste, like smell to it. Like it's very dark, very rich. Um, and then first sip, very chocolatey, very malty, very just dark flavors to it. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I got a I got a good I got a good coffee hit and then a kind of a little um after a few seconds I 
like a little burst of bourbon. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. I was kind of disappointed the first sip until I let it linger in my mouth. And I was like, ooh, this really opens up. I, I kind of started to feel it on my tongue a little bit. Um, now, it's only, like we said, 13.6. but It's only 13.6. Which, for a beer, uh, be careful how quick you drink this one, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Like, but, holy cow. But this is, I definitely think, it's unique. It's different than anything I've ever had barrel-aged. So they have a... Uh, have a little bit of a description on the back. Um, very rich, or this rich velvety ale was matured in oak casks previously used to create a barrel-aged Manhattan cocktail. Cocktail, Which is the Jefferson's. Which is, yeah, the Jefferson's, uh, which I really want to try, honestly. I do too it sounds now. great. Um, minimally carbonated to offer a unique sensory experience. This massive stout features notes of espresso, espresso, yeah. not espresso, espresso, Tart cherry, vanilla, and signature hints of the classic cocktail. And I'm getting some of the vermouth. I'm getting some of the cherries. Yeah. And, and and then that coffee from the stout. Um, it tastes like a Manhattan and a stout. It kind of tastes like you poured a Manhattan with some coffee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. I'd be interested to have their just regular old uh, Imperial stout. Yeah, because I'm looking at that um, right now, characteristics of just the Imperial stout. And... It's a Scotch ale yeast that they use for it, mm-hmm. um, and there are notes of it: chocolate rye, malt rye, malted wheat, oak, um, dark brown sugar, yeah, uh, chocolate malt. So I'm interested. What is the ABV on their Imperial Stout, and what is the IBU on it? So I'm one, I'm curious if the barrel aging in that in the Manhattan barrels changed either of those properties that is a good question good question okay so looking into kind of what we were talking about prior we're talking about the imperial stout whether it's changed um, yeah and it looks like all their imperial stouts are all aged in whiskey barrels Hmm. um the alcohol by volume is only 11 percent but the ibu is 63 percent so, or I'm sorry, 63, not 63 percent. Yes. So that is interesting. So the it increased the alcohol. Obviously, it's in a Manhattan barrel. That's right. You, you expect that when you age something uh, in a whiskey barrel, but it it decreased the IBU by more than half. Yeah. I wonder. Hmm. I wonder if that. I don't know. That's that's interesting. I wonder. Yeah, because that was age. If that was the wood or the the gallon of whiskey stored in the <laughs> in the casks, I don't know. They also have a spot on here for the food pairings, and I can say that these would probably all be delicious with this beer. Uh, port braised lamb shank. Oh my gosh, that which so I don't think I'd ever buy that but like that sounds good from the lamb i've had i mean i would buy that blackberry cobbler bacon brown sugar pork tenderloin and mocha fudge cake (laughs) why did you not bring mocha fudge cake over guy tonight damn it i left my focus (laughs) cut your focus my mocha fudge cake in the fridge i can tell this is starting to hit us a little bit (sighs) 13 percent is high though for a beer yeah it for some reason like I could drink whiskey all night and, yeah. be, and be fine, but man, you get a high proof beer in front of me, man. I'm and I wonder if that's just because it's the yeast and the wheats and all that kind. Of, like it's much fuller, it's much heartier on your belly. Someone explained it to me that uh, the way our body metabolizes hard liquor because there's so much alcohol in it and so little of everything else, it uh, it stays in our system longer, so it takes our body longer to metabolize it. So. It hits us slower and throughout the night, whereas beer, there's other stuff to break down, so you can break it down quickly, and the alcohol hits your system quicker. So you just you're feeling it quicker. Yeah. So if you were to chug one of these, it would be like you took a fat shot of something. Which actually, I just just got back from my honeymoon last week up in northern Michigan, and we went to a bunch of distilleries and breweries, and we stopped by Shorts. I don't know if you've been there, or I don't know if you've heard of that, but. Man, that was that was probably the coolest place we stopped at. And the guy he found out it was our honeymoon, and he said, "Hey, here's an anniversary shot or honeymoon shot, whatever you want to call it." And he gave us a shot of uh, 
I wrote it down as it's in my notes somewhere, but it was a bourbon barrel. It was a <laughs> it was a barrel aged stout, okay. and it was uh, it was thirteen point eight percent. And okay. and he said, "Shoot it." He said, "Just shoot it." And we did, and it, that hit me more than a, a shot of anything. Would a shot of whiskey would have hit me for sure. I really feel like this is like just it kind of grabs you. Like it's so subtle in it grabbing you though. Like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm feeling the alcohol or anything like that, but I'm know that I'm drinking the alcohol. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yep. You definitely have to drink it slowly. Mm -hmm. This is a very elegant beer, like not a beer that I'd want to, when I've got a whole bunch of guys over like, Hey, let's drink some beer kind of thing. Like this is something you want to enjoy. You want to, almost have a refined palate for kind of like yeah there's a there's a place in town called uh it's what's it called the oh it's called the side project projects yeah and that is uh it's by the former brewmaster at perennial brewing company or perennial artisan ales and they've got beers from all over the place they've got different small batches that he's made and something interesting that they do is they Next, under all their beers, they have uh, a temperature next to it, the temperature that they store it at and serve it at. And a lot of their stouts, they, they're they at a much warmer temperature, like 55, 58 degrees. Um, and these are – you had these chilled. But it know. wasn't like a cold chill. It just no. was a, to kind of get that warmth off. This is a, a little bit cooler than room temperature, and I'm pretty sure that that's – about where they're meant to be drank at. Um, I'm curious as to, I, I don't know, there's probably a, a crazy molecular science reason for why, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like it's opening up as I let it kind of sit in my glass, too. It's opening up a little bit more. I'm getting more of that aroma, uh, more of that whiskey smell to it. Yeah, I'm getting more whiskey. I, initially, it's, uh, like I said, it's got that distinct kind of barrel-aged beer smell. I, I don't know how to describe it. I, I think bitter. Is a good way to describe the scent. Uh, I don't get this. T- doesn't taste very bitter though. It doesn't have an oakiness. No. I'm shocked by that. Like you would think, because like when you have whiskeys and all that kind of stuff and bourbons, those all have an oaky kind of taste to it. Like the, yeah, a lot of them have. Even if it's very subtle, you can still taste. But I feel like because this is not the first thing touching the right. wood of the barrel. It doesn't fully. I think it's pulling out more of the barrel than it's actually putting into the barrel. Well, it, and it's probably it's probably that those barrels. So the Manhattan cocktails, the Manhattan barrels from Jefferson, they probably made Manhattan Manhattans out of their their previously whiskey distilled mm-hmm. barrels. So okay, they have their bourbon which they put in a barrel. They take the barrel, they take the bourbon out, then they have that barrel, then they put a Manhattan in it. Mm-hmm. which they put all their cherries and everything Vermouth, in it. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's so much flavor happening in that barrel, and the wood has already been drained of a lot of its flavor and just has whiskey flavor. And then you dump that out and put beer in it. It's you, There's really... The wood doesn't have a whole lot to offer at that point, other right. than... Because it, it's so saturated. Yeah, other than the, the Manhattan and the bourbon that was in it before it. So I guess that kind of makes sense. It's a lot of things going on <clears throat> with this. and. I was worried that it'd be like, I'm looking at the, just what's you should taste and all that. Like that list seems very overwhelming. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like how can you cram anything else into this and actually taste all those flavors? You know? Yeah. Like I used to rub it, run into this issue when I'd make like sauces and rubs and things like that for my yeah. barbecue. I try and throw everything in there and then it ended up tasting like nothing. Yeah. But this is so balanced and it's so well crafted that you get every single taste in it and it hits you in stages yeah it yeah it's i don't know that i could enjoy this with food because there's so much happening i don't know if i would buy this again to enjoy no because i got this as a gift i think it's a really cool gift i really appreciate my brother-in-law and my uh mother-in-law and father-in-law getting it for me i just don't think that i think because of the bottle it's in, it's in like a wine bottle. It was corked and all that kind of stuff. It's one of those ones you have to drink relatively quickly. That's Yeah, that's the other hard thing about a lot of these is a lot of them come in uh, larger, um, I don't want to call them, not it's pints. A pi- it is a, it's a 
a little bit over a pint. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What's the no, same? That's, that's not a pint because a pint is like a pint glass. Oh, it says one pint. Never mind. I'm wrong. Um, like that's 9.4 ounces. Like, so maybe it's a pint and 9.4 ounces or a pint slash 9.4 ounces. Okay. So, I mean, there's no math is hard. There's no, like you could drink this between. So me and Kevin made modest pours, uh, nothing crazy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make a serving more than what we poured. Right. Um, and there's more than half the bottle, more than half the the big barrel of the bottle left, and uh, I I don't know that I could drink more of it. Yeah, I without definitely really getting like hammered. You'd get trashed. <laughs> oh, and you yeah. get trashed so quickly too. It happens like really fast. Um, I think that this, I think that this is something that really needs to be shared among people. Like you have to have a group of people over to enjoy this. And I think that kind of goes with growlers too. Like when you have a growler beer, you got to be committed to be like, I'm drinking beer, you know, for the next few days. Um, You have to be really specific then about the friends you invite over. Yeah. Because like, like my wife would not in a million years drink a beer this dark. She would look at it and not even try it, but She's tried dark beers and she just doesn't want most. I know most of the girls in my life don't, they don't like dark beer. But I don't think this tastes like a dark beer. This doesn't taste like a stout to me. I think it tastes like a stout. I I think it tastes really unique, but I, I definitely have a lot of those stout characteristics. The, the really dark color, the, the heavy scent, the the maltiness, the the coffeeness, the coffee is the biggest thing. But, um, Alex really would have enjoyed this. I think he would have liked this. I think, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. So I think overall, this is good. Um, I definitely think it's better than the Backwoods Bastard. Oh, definitely. I did save, I think, the one that you're going to enjoy the most, Guy, for last. Um, We didn't go by alcohol by volume, because the one we're going to try next is the middle of everything we've had so far. But it's my favorite out of these. So before we get to that last one, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you're interested in seeing what beer, bourbon, and barbecue was up to before we started a podcast, you can see all the exciting adventures on Instagram at beer underscore bourbon underscore BBQ. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the show and our adventures outside of podcasting. Be sure to check out our cool shirts and stickers available on our website, shopbeerbourbonbbq.com. And we're back. And we have moved on to our third barrel aged beer tonight. Mm-hmm. This is the one I'm most excited about. Um, this is from the Mark Twain Brewing Company, which is out of Hannibal, Missouri. Um, Mark Twain obviously wrote Tom Sawyer. Um, Probably one of the most famous Missourians we have, correct? Next to Nelly and Chingy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly what Mark Twain wanted to be remembered as with those two. Um, This is a Russian imperial stout. Um, It's called the Passport to Russia. It's an amazing labeled uh, bottle. It's actually done by a tattoo artist. Did all the design oh, work wow. for it? Um, it's it's got, what is that? Well, that's one of the seven. That's the Kremlin. The yeah, yeah. And yeah. Saint. So it's got the Kremlin from Saint Petersburg, and it's got this uh, light, this light-eyed mustache man that looks epic. Mark Twain next to it. Um, is that Mark Twain? That is Mark Twain. How much have you had to drink tonight? Uh, not that much. I just don't know that much about Mark Twain. Makes me seem like I've had more to drink. So my knowledge of Mark Twain. This here is 12%. It's been done in four roses barrels, aged in four roses barrels. Um, It is carbonated, unlike the uh, Boulevard we just had. I think that carbonation adds a little bit extra to it. Um, Nose on it, definitely, you can smell the carbonation. Like, it's kind of bubbly, got a bubbly taste to it. I was going to say it... uh, it smells more airy. Yes, more light. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting as much of that uh, common scent that I 
mentioned with the other two, but it's definitely still there. Um, I think that's c- probably some of the oak char. Yeah, it's definitely oaky. Like you, can, yeah. Like we were saying earlier, you couldn't taste the oak in the other two, but this one you can taste that oak in. Like, yeah, I've, I haven't tried it. Let's see. It's dark and rich. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's really good. That's got the most flavor out of all the other, all of, all three of these we've tried. Dude, it's the carbonation. That's mm-hmm. what it is. That's definitely the deal breaker. They that's that's really good. It's very rich, very chocolatey, but at the same time it's got that four roses hint to it. You know, they're yeah. they're how they've got those unique strands. And I wish I knew what barrel what strand that the barrel came out of but i don't know that but this is really smooth like it's super easy to drink yeah i yeah i don't have any crazy aftertaste or anything like i did with the other ones i think like i said this is my favorite out of all these yeah i'd I'd say this is definitely my favorite mark twain huh i've never even heard of them before they're relatively new um I think, kind of just looking at their history, I mean, they've only been around for, I want to say, maybe two years or so. See, that's one of the coolest things about the the craft brewery industry, is these guys have been around two years, and like, I they're beating out Founders and Boulevard in the best barrel at... In our rankings, in our rankings, in our rankings, obviously not in their checkbooks or their their marketing, whatever. But I I mean, this tastes amazing. Yeah, it's super smooth. It's really good. Um, This is definitely something I'd want to eat some barbecue with. Yeah, I would. I would something smoky and just. I get a good a good amount of coffee off of it, Uh Um, but it's not uh, like. Have you had Schlafly's coffee stout? Yeah. That is too much for me, and I love Schlafly yeah. stuff. I I love I, there's I don't know that I've had a lot of beers from them that I disliked, and that's definitely one of them because um, it's just super bitter. But this does not. Uh, I, I don't know. This is this really would be good. really good with a chocolate cake too. Oh my gosh! Or a cinnamon like a um, not a cinnamon but like a spice cake. Yeah, like a like a spicy carrot cake almost. Mm. Ooh, that would be really, that sounds really good. That would be perfect pairing for this. Yeah, like a spicy carrot cake. What's the ABV? ABV is twelve on this. What's the? Does it have IBU? There is on no it? IBU on it. It doesn't I taste very bitter. I wonder if something with the barrel aging, if the IBU, it doesn't come into play anymore. Because I guess none of these have been really bitter at all. No, I would say the founders tasted. I I think the founders tasted like it had a super high IBU, but yeah, it it, it wasn't, was it? Uh, I don't remember. What'd you find here? It didn't say on the back of it. I think the the dirty bastard is a like a fifty IBU. It's the chicken scratch Illuminati writing. Yeah, it had a yeah. Go the, back and listen to the. In the beginning, I think the founders had a 50 IBU. Yeah, bef- the Dirty Bastard had 50 IBU, and then the uh, Imperial Stout from Boulevard had like 63. Yeah, and the Boulevard, uh, the Manhattan aged um, cask, said that it was at 28 or like something low. Yeah, 28 IBU, which means it cut it more than in half, and I. I'm wondering if that happened with the Backwoods Bastard. It didn't taste like it did because yeah. um, it still tasted. It tasted. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I would also be curious as to how long each brand, uh, like each company, left their beers in these barrels. I know the founders said it was two to three months. The Manhattan one was three to four. I don't know what the Mark Twain is. There's not a lot of information that you can find out about hmm. the Mark Twain. Because it's a smaller... Yeah, because yeah. it's so small. I did find a good Mark Twain quote, though, on their um, website. What's that thing's very fitting. Go to heaven for the climate, hell for the uh, company. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a Mark Twain quote right there for you. Interesting. So, I think one of the things we didn't mention earlier that we need to mention about this whole barrel age, uh, beer craze is 
these are done pretty quickly um, with the brewing and then the putting into the barrel because we found out that barrels dry out really quickly. So if they yeah. don't do it in one or two days, everything that was in that barrel starts getting kind of skunky and not clean to put stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not even just a cleanliness issue. Uh, a lot of it is it, it'll leak. So they, what'll happen is uh, I'd be interested about to like be a fly on the wall during the process because oh, yeah. they, you've got about a day or two before you empty a barrel and it completely dries out and, uh, or not, maybe not completely, but it dries out to the point where the you wood get, starts contracting to, you get cracks to where there's and, cracks yeah. and leaks and then you have to go about the process of resealing the barrel, which you fill it with hot water and let the let it expand. And then you're losing flavor when you empty it and X, Y, and Z. So uh, it it really does, like, the beer is brewed and then, like, the whiskey is emptied. And it is kind of this interesting sort of uh, dance that happens. All It has to line up really, really quickly. So these these breweries really have to have their... Uh, they really have to have their schedule. Their ducks in a row. Yeah, they've got to really know, really be well uh, coordinated, I guess. I will say the one thing that was really cool about the founders is that they store their barrels in an underground mine. After they've put beer After in it? After they put beer in it. Oh. Um, I wonder if that does anything or if it's just cool. I don't know, but... Um, there was a really cool video of them going down the mine shaft down to where they store their barrels. I don't know if it's a salt mine or I would assume probably a salt mine. Um, Cause I wouldn't imagine you want to do it like in a coal mine or something like that. That would be really bad for You're like an anthrax mine or something. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just interesting. Like, huh? Cause especially because you think it's cooler down there and you want that. I wonder if you want that real, that temperature like you do with whiskey, because you want yeah. them in and out of the barrels. But I would assume you don't really want that for a beer because you don't want that beer to get absorbed. You yeah. just want it to take on the flavors that were in that barrel. In a mine, the temperature is going to stay the same all year round. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty mild, like probably 50 degrees. Yeah. Like 52 f- degrees is what Merrimack Caverns is here. Yeah, I had I had that number in my head, and I didn't know why, but I didn't want to say 52 yeah. degrees and sounds... Or 56. Super- it's somewhere in that Yeah, right yeah. That it's, like, it's a very specific number. Um I yeah I don't know I I can't imagine with them only being in there a couple months that they put it in a, a salt mine because they want like s- salt in the air flavors to get into the barrels because they would have to sit there for years yeah. for that to get in yeah like but I think that just that sitting there in the barrel they're not looking to get that in and out of the wood they're just looking for it to steal that flavor that extra little bit from the wood yeah um oh, and maybe they just had a buddy that had a owns a salt mine and I like, hey, like, hey put I've our got this put salt the barrels mine. down there. Sure, yeah. why not? Just Great a, marketing ploy. Yeah, it's made for a cool video. We watched it, right? Yeah. Genius. So I think out of the three of these we tried, my favorite's the Mark Twain. Um, I'm going to second that. Then I think the Manhattan, then the Backwoods Bastard. Yep, definitely. I, I line think, up with that. I think the Passport to Russia just has got a really good carbon. It's so well balanced out of everything. I feel like all three of these have had... Well, the founders in the Manhattan had something that stood out to me, and it wasn't very balanced. Yeah, um, the founders had a very scotchy taste, and that stood out and made it something I didn't enjoy. The yeah. Manhattan lacked, even though they made it for tasting without the carbonation. I needed that carbonation to kind of give me that little bit of burst of the aromas and all that. And that was made with even less carbonation than the Passport to Russia. And then the Passport to Russia, I think the carbonation just balances everything out. You get yeah. the bourbonness, you get the beer, the stoutness, like you, and it's just so well put together. I think it really tied it together. I, I don't know why um, imperial stouts and um, aged stouts, they don't carbonate them, because typic- that's pretty typical. Uh, I wonder if it's just a... A trademark of the the brand. Well, you would think though when I, you, I mean know. when you're barreling something, you're going to lose the carbonation in it. Yeah, because you're letting the carbonation escape. I mean, it's just got wood and all that kind of stuff. Because most places when yeah, they that makes sense. Do a beer, they'll send it down the assembly line. They shoot a blast of carbonation in there, then they put the beer in there, and then that beer becomes carbonated again. Yeah, I mean that's kind of how the 
beer canning process and bottling process works. Yes. So, so I imagine it's releasing, it's escaping. Yeah, so I guess they're just, uh, I guess it would just make sense that people that want something, a beer that has been aged in a barrel, they're expecting it not to be carbonated. Yeah, so, or very lightly carbonated. Yeah, but I I like the carbonation. <laughs> and it's funny, this Imperial Stout, the more I drink it, it's actually pretty sweet for an Imperial Stout. Yeah, it is. It um, is. I, I'm getting a lot. I'm able to tell a lot more of the flavors. It's less... Uh, I will say the uh, Passport to Russia had, uh, in the order that we ranked them, that we liked them, that same order, so Passport to Russia, then Manhattan, then Founders, um, I will say that they had that severity of stench, too. What do you mean, stench? Because when I hear stench, I get this negative connotation. Are you meaning it in a negative way? I don't. I personally don't like the way, the scent that I was just, I've been describing this whole episode, I don't like. for whatever reason, I, I just, I don't know. I don't like the way it smells. It, it smells kind of, uh, I don't know, it's it's not an oaky goodness. Like, you smell bourbon, you smell oak. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it smells so good. But this, I don't know. I can't, I can't describe it. Not a it. freshness to you, is that? Maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, it smells like burnt beer, maybe. And the Passport to Russia had that a little bit, but not super bad. I didn't get much off the nose of that. The Manhattan... Sorry, the Manhattan had a little bit, and then the the backwoods bastard like reeked of it. Like mm-hmm. it, and it tasted better than it smelled. But um, it and granted, it it does. I'm not saying that it smells rotten or that it smells like oh this is like a bad wanna, beer. Yeah, it doesn't smell like a bad beer, but it definitely has a very that very distinct smell. Uh, the founders had it the worst. It's got an age smell to it, but it's not an age smell that I enjoy looking for yeah yeah i i smell a bottle of something like a i've got a bottle of lafroic 18 right here and i open that up and like i just feel like i died and went to heaven it <laughs> smells so good like ugh. i'll be the judge of that <laughs> <laughs> will you though i'm scotch guy you are so scotch guy thanks for coming and uh drinking beer with me tonight absolutely man i know uh it's not your forte but you know you you like it? I I started out with beer actually. Uh, I'm I'm probably more of a craft beer person than I am a Scotch person, just because craft beer is a whole lot cheaper than oh it is Scotch. It is. So time for that magical time in every episode for your pick of the week. Mm-hmm. So just a quick reminder of what pick of the week is. It's where we pick something that we've enjoyed this last week. Um, doesn't have to be beer, bourbon, barbecue related, but Ninety nine out of ten times, it is beer, bourbon, barbecue related. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Scotch guy, would you like to start us off tonight? My pick of the week. Uh, my pick of the week changed last night. Actually, um, when uh, my wife and I were opening up presents from our uh, from our wedding, and uh, shout out to Aaron Chastain, Stuart Harrier, and Jacob Virtue for getting me a bottle of Redbreast fifteen uh, year Irish whiskey. And uh, oh my gosh, yeah, it's amazing. And I, I, I think it blows the Bushmills out of the water. Absolutely, and the Bushmills is good. Absolutely, it it blows uh, everything out of the water. I've had um, every series of Jameson, other than they're like stuff that you can't really buy anywhere. I've had up to Cooper's Crows. I've had all the Caskmates, Black Barrel Cooper's Crows, and they're great. But this was really magnificent. Um, and then my second whiskey, because I couldn't leave this out. Um, I had I had to do it because uh, because of who I am. I found a bottle of Lafroig uh, Isla Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, eighteen year. Um, I found it for such a deal. It like they quit they quit bottling this, and uh, the last of the bottles were in twenty sixteen. And if you can find it, was they well, Freud replaced the 18 with their 15, and uh, the 18 is it's kind of a unicorn, you can't really find it many places. If you do, it's pretty expensive. Um, you're not going to see it in a bar anywhere. Um, it was, it's absolutely magnificent. What you're saying, 
I mean, you're already special in our hearts, but you're extra special now. With this bottle, I, I would, uh, I wouldn't say I'm special, but that bottle is very special. It's very good. I bought it from an old lady at a mom and pop grocery store in St. Louis, uh, and she did not want me to buy it because she wanted to buy it for when her ex husband dies. It was a very odd conversation, and I bought it out <laughs> from under her. But those are my pick of the weeks: the Red Breast 15 and the Laforg 18. Cool. My pick of the week this week, um, I just got back from a trip uh, to the Smoky Mountains with 125 fifth graders. <laughs> um, so it, it's, been a, it's been a long weekend. Uh, so before I left, I did a pour of Elmer T. Lee, and that was incredible. That was my last bourbon I had for four days. But when I got back, a group of the parents had bought us beer, and they bought me an eight-pack of Urban Chestnut like just a variety pack. And it had the, um, one of their, uh, schnickel fritz. It had their zwickle. It yeah. had their stamich, uh, the Ooh. Kinzale. Yep. Um, that's a good one. Oh my goodness. And I had it with a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And some Chick-fil-A sauce. So my pick of the week is that urban chestnut and Chick-fil-A. Like it was the perfect way to come back after a long weekend of hiking. It- that sounds amazing. It was so good. Urban so chestnut much is good so beer. good. They just I don't I want to know how many times I've picked Urban Chestnut as our pick of the week. I don't know. I, we need what we need to do is have an Urban Chestnut episode where we just we get as many cuz they have, I mean, they have so much. How many different types of beer? Just get probably I bet we could get 12 beers in an episode and just get trashed. <laughs> and just get abs- yeah. Well, I don't know. It wouldn't be. They don't have anything that's like crazy high proof, though. But all their stuff is good. But it's all amazing. We'll have to think about that. We should. Or we'll just get together and drink a bunch of urban chestnut beer. Yeah, absolutely. Go check them out if you're in town. So, Scotch Guy, if people want to connect with you on the interwebs, how can they do that? Um, On Instagram, which is really the only place you're going to find me, is at Danger Guy, two R's. And you can find me at beer underscore bourbon underscore bbq um you can also check out our website www.shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com lots of great t-shirts up there i know with father's day coming up uh get your dad a cool beer bourbon barbecue t-shirt um lots of really good stuff uh you can email us at hello at shopbeerbourbonbarbecue.com uh scotch guy thanks for coming and hanging out with me tonight absolutely man anytime Glad we got to record this one. Glad we got to try some good barrel-aged beers. Um, So, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, And don't forget to stay sauced on beer, bourbon, and barbecue.